Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Well, hello again, Lori Gurrell. How are you today? I'm fantastic, my friend. How are you doing? I am doing very well myself. So I have a question for you. Have you ever walked into the room and forgot why you were there? Like you've left your office because you needed something from the bedroom. And when you got to the bedroom, you couldn't remember why you came in there. (laughs) Frequently. And I think my bigger scenario for me is I leave in my car. I go to the stop sign and I make my normal turn out of the neighborhood. And then I start getting down to a more major decision. I'm like, where am I going? And I, I can't remember where I am driving. Oh, no. Okay. Now, once I get going in the right direction, I'm okay. But it's just that moment like, where am I going this time? Yeah. Well, knowing you as I know you, there might actually be a reason that you're having some of those memory lapses at your young age. Okay, bring it on. So according to scientists, eating too much sugar can eat away at your brain power. So I've okay been completely called out <laughs> and I love how you blamed it on research. And yes, you definitely know my, it, it's really centered so much around chocolate. I don't understand those people that say, I don't even really like chocolate. I don't get that. Yeah. So guess what, Lori? I don't really like chocolate. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> I don't. I don't. (laughs) So yes. So there has been some studies that have been published recently that are showing how a steady diet of high fructose corn syrup, and you're going to find those in all kinds of sugars, all kinds of refined sweets, actually zap your memory. And I hear this all the time, and I'm sure you probably do too, is, oh my gosh, the memory's the first to go. Oh my goodness, I'm having a hard time remembering things. And what we need to kind of look into is things that we put in our body are actually affecting our brain, and they're affecting it in very significant ways. Here's where I'm guilty. I'm not the sugar person, but I love bread. I love pasta. I love potatoes. And research is now saying that people who have a simple carbohydrate-based diet, and I'm a vegetarian, so this is a big part of my diet, have a 400% increase in getting Alzheimer's disease. And they're actually even now calling this type 3 diabetes. Mind-boggling. It reminds me of, do you remember in grade school health class? It's probably started in kindergarten when the teacher would tell us, you are what you eat. 
And so this is really reminding me of hearing that all through childhood. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. And I keep thinking, I am macaroni and cheese. I am a Hershey bar. <laughs> you know, all my five-year-old thoughts of thinking I, I am macaroni. And it's probably not as funny now as it was when I was five. And now it's serious. Now it's serious. And so, you know, our, our podcast is for leaders and it's about leadership. So why in the world will we talk about nutrition in a leadership podcast? Well, we need our brains, right? We need to be able to function cognitively. We need to be able to remember things, but it does go even beyond the memories. There's a real effect on our hippocampus and other areas of the brain due to a lot of these foods that we're eating. We really need good nutrition to properly maintain the connections that we have in the brain that are critical for improved cognition and performance. And the other thing is the brain can be very consuming of energy. It actually uses about 20 to 30% of a person's energy intake. So the food we eat can also affect our mood. It can affect our sleep patterns. It can affect our verbal fluency, our motivation. And a lot of these are topics we have discussed in leadership. Leaders need to be good in all of these different areas. You know, the, the, the jokester side of me is like, but what if I have a balanced diet of sugar and carbohydrates, right? Doesn't that equal out? But I, I know that, that there is a serious side to this. And I think about how often I want to turn to comfort food when I'm stressed. And I'm sure I'm not the only leader who does that, who I had a rough day. So I am, I'm going to have that delicious pasta and some bread with, and a glass of wine and, and enjoy my evening when that might not be serving us well. Yeah. No, me, when I'm really stressed, my husband knows Haagen-Dazs waffle cone ice cream. Just get me the pint. I'll eat the whole pint. But if I'm mad or stressed or just, you know, need that time, it is Haagen-Dazs waffle cone ice cream. And I'm not a sugar person, but that's my go-to. Yeah. So it's interesting how we've built those constructs for ourselves in our mind, right? We think these things make us feel better. And what I'm hearing you say is the research is saying it's probably doing the exact opposite to our mood and our cognitive ability to cope. It is that it, it increases our propensity for depression. And I know, you know, you look around and, and leaders will be like, okay, I'm, I'm really into good decision-making. I, I need to be a good decision-maker. I need to be a good leader. So I need to focus in on the skill sets of managing my time really well, or the skill sets of productivity. But nutrition is never anything that we really talk about as far as being a tool in a leader's toolbox. I wholly agree. I would say that when a client has the intention of being physically fit and healthy, for them, it is top of mind. But if that's not someone's intention, right, their, their life's intention, not enough probably energy thought is going into the nutrition 
or the physical fitness and well-being aspect. And we need to really start considering that as, like I said, as a tool in our toolbox, a good diet isn't just about being skinny. It really affects how you react as a leader and how you lead your people. And also down the line, how long you can be productive. Because with Alzheimer's and early onset dementia, it's going to take you out of the game even sooner. That is enlightening. And as you are saying that, I'm thinking about, okay, so what are some non-scale wins for a leader to consider as part of making proper nutrition a focus in a part of their toolbox? So for me, I would consider one non-scale victory to be clarity. During the day, do I have more clarity of thought? Am I able to focus? Am I able to concentrate on what I'm doing? Am I able to focus on my people and practice those active listening skills, but I don't have the brain fog? You went to the executive board meeting and now you have to report to your your people about, and, and, and I can't remember half of what happened in that meeting. To me, that's a non-scale victory when we can say, I have more clarity of thought and I feel better. And when we feel better and it enhances our mood, okay, so we're in a better mood. That's good for everybody, right? So our mood's affected. It talked about our verbal fluency being affected. And it also talked about our motivation. When you feel better and that brain fog is cleared up, then you also are more motivated to do things. You're excited about what you're doing because you're not so daggum tired and tired. More motivated, we are more motivating to our team. We lift the energy for the people around us. If we are more motivated, it goes along to surmise that we're more motivating and engaged with our teams. Exactly. I mean, if you put the two leaders side by side, who do you want to work for? Do you want to work for the grumpy guy who's depressed and moody all the time and very forgetful? And, or do you want to work for the high energy lady who's always at the top of her game and is very clear in her thoughts and can remember more things? I mean, who do you want to work for? So the other thing to consider here is we're talking about food. And I do want to put a a note here that we really have to be careful about the fad diets. There are a ton, a gazillion fad diets out there. While yes, fad diets do help you lose weight and they can be okay for a limited period of time. But a lot of these fad diets are depriving you of food that's very important for your brain. That's An interesting piece, right? Of course, we're depriving ourselves of food when we go on fad diet sets. But what are the foods that we need that on some diets we're depriving ourselves of? What are those good foods that we should be considering having in our diets? Healthy grains are really important for brain function. But a lot of our diets want you to eliminate the grains. Now, they're trying to eliminate carbs And so they just kind of end up clumping a lot of the grains into that. That's a deprivation. A diet that I have been on recently, which has been a great diet for losing weight, but not something I want to do long term. There's no fruit on this diet. And I understand the purpose. That would feel like I was being deprived for sure. Oh, yeah. I hate it because I love fruit. I absolutely love fruit and not to be able to eat it. But fruit is good for you. 
I want people to think if she's talking about nutrition and brain and I'm a little overweight, so maybe I need to go on a diet. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about making sure you get the right foods. You know, you're getting the high quality grains in your diet. You're getting the fruits in your diet. You're getting the green leafy vegetables in your diet. You're getting the fish in your diet, very high in omega-3, which is so super beneficial to your brain. So just make sure you do your research before you go into any of these bad diets, thinking that you're doing something that's better for your leadership. Right. We latch on to a concept and we see people getting results. And when we're in those moments and we're jumping onto those bandwagons, we're not paying attention to brain function. We're thinking about the skinny genes. Exactly. And, yeah, and so I'm, this is a, I'm a really as, great reminder. Yeah. Cause then I'm just as guilty of this. I've been on a weight loss journey here the last month and a half. So you've kind of walked this weight loss journey with me and I've I want to get into the skinny jeans again. That's what the weight loss journey is about. But then there will be a transition period back to more whole foods. And that's the other thing we have to be very careful about that's very detrimental to your brain are processed foods. A good diet is when you eat on the outside of the grocery store at the outer wall. I have heard that. Because that's where more of your whole foods are, right? You know, and this goes back to things that we learned in kindergarten, the food pyramid. And that the exact things that you're mentioning here, right? Making sure that we are balanced in our approach to the foods that we eat. And, you know, it's always disappointing that there is not chocolate on that pyramid. There actually is dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. Oh. (laughs) You don't like dark chocolate. There's not enough sugar in dark chocolate. Well, I don't hate it, but (laughs) if I had my choice. So I know that I... I definitely have some mindset shifts to work on around food. And I think that's for many of us leaders at any stage of our game. So many of us have connections to food in some way. And shifting the mindset from deprivation to other kinds of wins. And I know that's something that you have really have the mindset shifts around It's not about losing something. It's not about being deprived of something. It's about gaining something. And when we talk here about nutrition for our brain health and helping us to be better leaders, right? That's the gain. It is. So that's another good reason when you are talking about that mind shift change. I'm not depriving myself of something. I'm giving myself longer life. I'm giving myself more quality of life. Yeah. There's a lot of good reasons to create new pathways of thinking around nutrition. There is. And when we talk about nutrition, I want to make sure too, that we include water. I love it. Lori is holding up her water glass. We have been encouraging each other to really drink a lot of water, but the body is made up of 60% water. So all of our cells in the body, including your brain cells depend on water to carry out essential functions. So if your water levels are too low, your brain cells cannot function properly. And that is going to lead to cognitive impairments. And I have even very recent examples of water and brain impairment. I I was flying this past weekend. And when I got home Saturday night, I had a splitting headache intuitively, I knew it was because I did not drink enough water throughout the day. 
and I didn't have my water bottle with me. And I just knew it was that was the cause of my headache. And I rehydrated and felt so much better just with rehydration. But I also have found that when I am not well, whether it's a sore throat or I'm sinusy, the more water I can drink, the better I feel. Even if, say, there's an infection there, I still feel better if I hydrate a lot. I've always been one that needed to drink a lot of water, but I have really, really focused in on trying to drink about 90 ounces of water a day. And I'll tell you, I can feel the difference. I feel like I have more energy. I feel like I have more clarity when I am hydrated and I'm drinking the water. Research is saying even 2%, a drop in your hydration can cause severe impairment. And they say as soon as, if, if you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Mm-hmm. When, when I heard that one time, it, it was another mind opener for me. But again, this water thing takes me back to to early days. And um, remember, they, they've always said, you know, drink your eight glasses of water a day, you know, which if you have an eight ounce glass gets you to the 64 ounces, which is exactly two of these rounds of these water bottles that you talked me into. And <laughs> yet what I'm hearing you do is is you will even go then either a third round or maybe, you know, 11 glasses a day or 12 glasses of water a day. That one is like an add-on. It is. And eight glasses of water a day was kind of general average, but everyone is different. What science really says is you need to drink at least your minimum level of water should be half your body weight in ounces. So if you take how much you weigh and divide it by two, add the ounce to it, that's your minimum. And then we should go above and beyond that. I like thinking of my weight in half. (laughs) I like that number way better. I like that number too, until I realize how much water I have to drink. Now, I will say (laughs) that my 90 ounces of water that I try to get a day is not half my body weight. (laughs) (laughs) I feel for some reason the need to clarify over. Achiever. I am. I'm an overachiever because I do not produce as much water naturally as the human body should. So I stay in a state of dehydration and my cardiologist really hammers in the water for me. In fact, I have to go every three months. And when I sit down with him, he'll say to me, have you been drinking your water? And he just looks at me and then he takes his finger and he touches my hand because he can tell in the skin if I've been drinking my water. <laughs> and I, oh, I wish I could see all of our listeners to see if they're like <laughs> poking their hand with their finger because I know I am. Um, so I, so, you know, you you know if lie. you're driving and listening to this, um, do, do that activity at, at home because I'm trying to figure out what I'm seeing when I p- punch my hand, when I poke <laughs> my hand. So I think in synthesizing what you've shared here today. So our practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. Remember that nutrition provides the proper building blocks for the brain to create and maintain those connections, which is critical for improved cognition and academic performance, aka being a great leader. Second, keep hydrated, which is where we've just spent a bunch of time 
really seeing the value and the importance of getting our water levels to a good level and maintaining that so our brain cells can function properly. And third, leaders who want to be at the top of their game need to look at nutrition as a tool in their toolbox, not a diet. Absolutely. So this has been a lot of fun. Next time. Yeah. Until next time, I'll look forward to our, our next conversation. Cheers to drinking water. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.